the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian, is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. Have you heard of the New Normal or Build Back Better or the Fourth Industrial Revolution? If you've been listening regularly to our show, you've already heard about the so-called Great Reset, and it poses a grave threat. We have a very special guest today. His name is Mark Morano. He's the publisher of the award-winning ClimateDepot.com, a global warming and I guess now Climate Change, an eco-news center founded back in 2009, and he's come out with a brand new book called The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. Mark's worked in the past for a United States senator. He's been on all kinds of media, Tucker Carlson, CNN, Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher, and so on and so on. So we really want to get to this. Welcome, Mark. Thank you very much. Happy to be here today. So... In a nutshell, um, how would you, you know, kind of succinctly say, what is the Great Reset? What is that? Well, I think the simplest explanation is it's a movement that's been around for about 100-plus years to give us, impose a form of expert control over, over citizens. The idea is unelected bureaucrats determining every aspect of your life. Think of COVID lockdown. And this really came to fruition because of the COVID lockdown. So the Great Reset, in the simplest terms possible, is the Chinification of the once free West. We are emulating their one-party authoritarian rule by ruling through emergency power and bypassing democracy. Oh, wow. And Patrick Wood calls it technocracy. And, yeah, it's been around for 100 years, and they've been working on this, and behind the scenes and we haven't really been aware of it but covid really revealed it wow so how did you become interested in this so-called great reset and you've been working on climate change for quite a while so how does that intersect and how did you come about more knowledge about the great reset great reset or or were you always uh, connecting those two or what no not really i mean i never even really paid much attention the, the phrase great reset wasn't first used until 2014 by the World Economic Forum in Davos. But I was a Ronald Reagan campaign volunteer in 1980. So I was always a big freedom, principle, conservative-loving. And I, and I guess, I think I quote the, the biotech engineer in my book, Vivek Ramaswamy, who said, for decades we were warned big government is the enemy, but we didn't realize that through the back door uh, fascism became the enemy, the corporate government collusion. And that's really another aspect of the Great Reset, because it's behind the scenes 
collusion between government and these big corporations in the case of First Amendment. Big, big tech censorship is government censorship. Because what they do is the government sends, Biden administration sends a list of websites, people they want banned. Big tech bans them, asks for more. It's a complete collusion. So I work for Howard Phillips, conservative caucus, who used to be a uh, Nixon administration official. Right, right. So I understand all about, and this was during the time of George H.W. Bush warning of the new world order. Now, keep in mind, that had more to do with sovereignty you know, sort of a U.N. global vision where we've erased national sovereignty. So I've been aware of this whole movement, the global agenda, the globalist agenda, if you will. But it really wasn't until the COVID lockdowns came along that activated the whole plan into hyperdrive. And because I had been following climate change for two decades, going to every United Nations climate summit, I recognized it immediately what wow. we were facing because the World Economic Forum said this is a rare, narrow window of opportunity to reset the world, reset capitalism, this time in the name of climate change. So they merged the two. They merged this globalist sort of you know, uh, bypass democracy agenda with COVID and climate change. And that's where it came. And so the two issues just merged. Climate became part of the Great Reset. And that's how like my entire life's work basically merged into the Great Reset after that, because that's what the powers that be at the World Health Organization, the United Nations, Davos, our President Biden, European Union, all decided they were all in on it. And they called it Build Back Better, if you remember. Yeah, absolutely. And what it really is, is world socialism, or fascism, like you say. I mean, it's it's, it's fascism. It's corporatocracy. You know, you know, Mark. I mean, you mentioned a, you mentioned a term that I oh. haven't heard before, Chinification, and I think that's yeah. really right. I think somewhere post Mao, uh, China went from being a society that aspired to pure communism, if you will, with all the horrors of that, to kind of because their their uh, economy was so terrible. They switched to this kind of corporate fascism, maybe more of an extreme Mussolini model where there's, I think you mentioned in your book, there's at least 100 billionaires in China. Obviously, you have to be very tight with the uh, Chinese Communist Party yes. to, to be in that status. But I think they realized this is the ultimate ideal. We can have a pretty good performing economy with all these corporations, but they're all merged together with the government to jointly control the population and you add technology into the mix and it really becomes a 1984 plus nightmare it does in fact if you look at what china's done and you know you look at the lockdowns the only reason we lock down is because the world health organization which is in the thrall thrall of china and bill gates two separate entities but same common goal essentially they sent a sham committee to china in January of 2020, and after a couple of days, they came back and said, if you want to know how to beat this virus, COVID-19, do what China's doing. They know what they're doing. They're eradicating the virus. They have a zero COVID policy. And what was China doing? They had hazmat suits on. They were nailing people in their homes. Unprecedented in world history a response to a virus, particularly in the, the West. So we copied China. We became like them. Now, if you go back, and I detail this in the book, Obama administration officials, New York Times, Tom Friedman, U.N. climate chiefs, 
Justin Trudeau, world leaders from around these Western leaders, all have praised China's one-party authoritarian rule. Right. Justin Trudeau said, I have great admiration. So you have decades of these leaders growing up, going to these you know, liberal, woke institutions, praising China, loving the idea that they can bypass democracy, get things done, especially in climate. The New York Times loved that. And so what happened was, once COVID lockdowns came, and you could have rule by emergency decree, you didn't need no stinking democracy. Congress wasn't involved. In the case of mayors, governors, they didn't need town halls, supervisors, state rep- house of representatives. They could close churches, schools, businesses, cancel weddings, funerals. They could get stay-at-home orders, curfews. But, hey, Walmart had to stay open. Abortion clinics were open. Big tech survived. It was the greatest transfer of wealth. This had great appeal. You mentioned all the, you know, the billionaires in China. They get corporations to go along with this because during the lockdowns, a new billionaire was created once every 30 hours. So the people making the decisions get really rich, really fast. The middle class gets decimated. And then the, the uh, workers are now unemployed and they have to rely on guaranteed annual incomes, government handouts, which then empowers the politicians to have guaranteed votes. So it is a beautiful system in, in terms of beautiful and evil, but beautifully designed to produce this evil because as you go forward, this is how you get essentially a new class of serfdom, or you could call it 21st century fascism. Yep, yep. And, and the title of your book is The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. This is how they want yes. it to be permanently, and that's why they're not ending the state of emergency. And, and by the way, uh, what are they doing in China now? I mean, it seems like they're just committing economic suicide. They are having these really, really strict lockdowns, and their GBT, GDP is going down. And Yeah, that's, yeah, that's one of the things, Mark, that I've found curious because I, I think China's done so many things smart, smart and evil, like you say, to gain power vis-a-vis the West and the United States. But these lockdowns, I think right at this moment, there's something like 400 million Chinese that are living under some kind of urban lockdown where not much gets done and people even starve to death how do you uh, what what's going on with that do you think that the do you think that the chinese government is really afraid of covid that much or is it something else going on or are they afraid they still don't have enough control over their population what what do you think well i think it's a combination of when you centralize power and decision making during covid you tend to have it becomes and it becomes basically one view prevails. It's a it's a it's a severe example of groupthink. So think of every public health official in the United States, pretty much bar none, the first couple months of COVID. Yep, all were in lockstep because of fear. What was the fear? If they would get blamed for all these deaths that were predicted, unless we lock down mask mandates, stay at home orders. You know, the idea is be as unhealthy as you can. Stay inside your home, binge watch Netflix, eat, have crappy food delivered to your house. Don't go out. Avoid the sunshine. Don't socialize. Don't go out. Don't do anything to help your mental health, physical health. And all they said, the advice from Anthony Fauci literally was stay at home, do nothing. If you get too sick, go to the hospital. Nothing about vitamin D, nothing about exercise, nothing about getting in shape, nothing about uh, all these other treatments. 
from ivermectin on down that would be proven later to be helpful. So what China did is just a severe case of that. They have very few decision makers relatively, and they also want to impose this, what you'd call a psych-off on the public. We have the power. We're going to use it. We saw that in the United States. We have governors admitting the reason for the mask mandates was basically to show that you cared. It had nothing to do with science. It's to show your solidarity with other people. So in the case of and the other reason for the mask mandate, and this was admitted by the World Health Organization, is it shows you that this is a serious virus that needs to be taken seriously, and therefore the restrictions matter. So if they see you're locked down, your business is closed, it's a way of just total control. So I can't, and, and, and of course they're hurting their economy, but at the same time, they're in it for the long haul. They're an obedient public, and that's the key thing here. Everyone has to be obedient. If you notice, what was the biggest issue with the COVID lockdowns was any dissent. Sweden was attacked. DeSantis in Florida was viciously attacked. Yeah. I detail in the book, I think it was the head of Belarus, the world community, World Health, other groups came to him with huge offers of essentially bribes if he would lock his country down. He refused to do it. There's even there's even reports you, you don't always know if everything's accurate or not but there's been a couple of African leaders in 2020 that were assassinated and coincidentally with uh, with uh, marks around it coincidentally they had opposed vaccinating their population so uh, all kinds of yeah, things what a were coincidence going on. that is I think the people in power I hate to say this but when it comes to Africa and the third world they're even more willing to use vicious tactics to uh to impose their will but i wanted to i wanted to ask you a question since you're such an expert on climate you know climate change climate emergency do you think they're going to be able to they they obviously were overall successful worldwide in instilling fear of a plague or you know it's like the black death it's a virus we've never seen before and billions of people get afraid do you think they're able the will be able to pull this off relative to the climate change is going to kill us all what what do you think well here's the beauty of it they don't need to there's a whole new trend in politics and you at first you could scratch your head and ask why you have the governor of new york uh, katie hochul or hot whatever you say her name saying that if you don't like our policies if you like florida and their freedom leave she's telling new yorkers who don't like their policies to just leave the state. Charlie Crist, who's running against DeSantis, actually said, I don't want your vote. I don't need your vote. Don't vote for me if you like DeSantis and his policies. So what this means is something else is afoot. Convince anyone about climate change. Why? Because according to the Washington Post and Associated Press, Joe Biden is set to declare a national climate emergency. He will get 130 new executive powers. This will extend to mayors, governors, thermostat controls, controls on gas stations, controls, car-free city days. They can even do meat restrictions, agricultural restrictions without any democracy. So everything that's happening to us is without democracy. That's why they don't care about convincing us. They don't need to convince us that we don't want to, that we can't drive a gas-powered car or can't eat meat or don't have to have, you know, blackouts or have no freedom of speech. They're imposing it upon us. They figured out that emergency orders and bypassing democracy was the way that they can achieve their agenda. So no longer do you get bills introduced in Congress, long debates, town hall meetings, committee hearings. 
They don't want any of it. Even on climate, Joe Biden decided every agency will be a climate agency. The spending bills will have it hidden. We're going to do this through executive orders. We're going to do it through the banking system. We're going to bankrupt fossil fuel firms with environmental social governance, which is imposing all these woke standards on business. So that's why they don't need to convince us anymore on climate. They still will. The media will try to scare you. But politicians don't really care. They're doing what they want. They're banning gas-powered cars without anyone having voted on it. California issued an executive order to end the gas-powered cars by 2035, and then a uh, unelected, unaccountable California Air Resources Board came up with the timetable. 17 states followed it through trigger laws. Biden administration is about to follow. Then the World Bank announces that they want to have a timetable to end financing of gas-powered cars at the automaker level. And then you have major banks, one in Australia, announcing they're not going to give out car loans if you want to buy a gas-powered car. Now, do you remember anyone asking if we wanted to give up gas-powered cars? Did we have a politician debate it? Did we have a referendum on it? The answer is no, no, and no. This is how they achieve the Great Reset and bypass democracy. It's it's wow. so shocking, and people have made comments on Twitter, I think wise comments, about the current hurricane emergency in Florida, which, among other things, vast amounts of vast areas with no power. So can you imagine someone commented, trucks trying to, uh, all electric trucks clearing yeah. trees off of roads that are blocked and you don't have any electricity. And the reason why we want to yeah, put everybody I, in electric cars is so they can cut off the power. And, and they can cut if, off the power. If, if, if you're a political opponent, yeah, you know, you just cut off the energy, cut off the power, cut off their your your money. Wow. Yeah, first of all, with the electric car, if you're stuck in a hurricane, how do you evacuate if the power goes out and you can't recharge your car? That's number one. The other thing is, you just said it. They're, they're, unlike, and this was actually, Senator Manchin pointed this out, unlike when Henry Ford did the Model T and the assembly line and gas stations sprung up around the country, they were decentralized, small business, mom and pop operations, selling gas, the corner store, the general stores during the Depression era and beyond. Now they want to have Pete Buttigieg, our transportation secretary of Joe Biden's administration, setting up a national charging grid. Think of the DMV except in charge of an electrical grid that charges your car. Now, first of all, it's fantasy because the amount of rare earth mining that we're going to be relying on for China and South America and Africa to ramp up production to, to end gasoline-powered cars is laughable, but that's not their goal. Their goal is to create car shortages, chaos, force everyone into mass transit and buses. But yeah. what they're doing with the electric cars, I mean, this is this, th- that grid you just mentioned if you don't get a vaccine, if you're not, if you're in violation of some kind of COVID restriction, uh, or any few of your, you know, do hate speech, what they consider hate speech on social media, they can cut off your car, cut off your charging ability. I have a whole section in the book on digital currency, how the bank Bank of England wants a central digital currency that is going to have programmable money, much like food stamps with restrictions. And this is the actual quote: They want, in order to access your own money. Government has to deem what you're buying, quote, sensible. In other words, if you're buying meat, a gun, uh, if you want to buy a cigar, or if you want to buy gas for your car, that may be deemed you know, not sensible, and you'd be cut off or heavily restricted in your spending. So how successful do you think they are going to be in doing this, and how, what can people do to stop it in, in the last few minutes well, that you say, have? I mean, we know you're under yeah, time constraints. Yeah, I have a whole chapter called The Great Reject. And, and here's the bottom line. 
if we resist at every level, and that means social distancing, masks, that means you know, restrictions on meat, restrictions on gas-powered cars, we need, instead of this stupid contract, I guess it's called the commitment to America that the Republican leadership came up with, right? Why they come up with something simple like, we will defend your right to eat meat, we will defend, well, I hate to call it a right, but we will defend meat eating, we will defend gas-powered cars, we will defend First Amendment rights, we will defend the yeah, fight against the collapse of agriculture, because they're trying to collapse high-yield agriculture right now, and ban meat, and they're pushing insect eating. We yeah. have to have leaders on our side who get it. And also, I detail in the book how the lowest level of politics, the school board level, yes. created sea change nationally. We toppled the Democrat regime led by the former DNC chair, Terry McAuliffe in Virginia. And that led to the National Party basically doing polling and internal focus groups. And it led to the lifting of vax and mask mandates in every major liberal city after the shock of those elections, which were driven by angry parents at school board meetings. That's, that shows what we can do. And Kathleen and I are working with school board candidates here in our area, in the San Diego area. And it's very encouraging. This is what I say to conservative audiences that are often so discouraged by so many things we see. I say one of the most encouraging things is that all across this country, people that have never run for office before are stepping up and running for school board, which is as important as any yes. office. So, Mark, how can absolutely any office? Yes. How can people? What's the easiest way for people to buy your book? Well, you can go. My website is climatedepot.com. The book is called The Great Reset by Mark Morano, and it's uh, available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and wherever books are sold. But uh, but you can see my work at climatedepot.com, and also you know just find it on Amazon. The book was just released, and we're number one in many categories. And it's a fun book. It's not a boring policy wonk book. I have Rod Serling in there. I got Bill Maher. I got George Carlin. And I got a lot of pop culture. And I include all the attacks of people who claim it's just a conspiracy. And then I use progressive liberals to refute it. Whole chapter devoted to how liberals like Naomi Wolf, former Clinton Gore advisor, have now come over to the side of freedom fighting this great reset. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and a number of others. Uh, yeah, Bill to, Maher to some degree, Bill Maher, yeah, yeah. Yes, I detail a lot on him, Glenn Greenwald, Jimmy Dore, uh, who's a progressive comedian. I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing list of people, Bandava, Shiva, and in India, fighting against, you know, the, essentially the decimating of agriculture. They, they literally want to crush all small farmers. So this is our battle. We have to stop this. It's all modeled after China's social credit system. Uh, and thank you for the time on this interview. I appreciate it. It's been absolutely great, Mark. Thanks so much. I know you got another interview. You're in demand, and I find that very encouraging <laughs> that you're in demand because <laughs> this word has to go out to millions and millions. So thank you. Yeah. Well, so, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Okay, Kathleen, that was that was really good. Yes. We just we just have a couple minutes left, but we encourage people to get encouraged. What's that quote you got about from the ancient Greeks about politics? Well, it's said by Pericles in 430 BC, just because you do not take an interest in politics doesn't mean politics won't take an interest in you. And so I think what we've heard from Mark today tells me at least that if, if people are aware of this, what they call the Great Reset, it, just knowing about it, you can be aware of it. You can go ahead and do your business. You can buy your gas-powered car. You can, uh, you know, 
Shop with, patronize local businesses. Try to avoid Amazon. Try to avoid Costco. See what you can do. Just ways to act in your everyday life to stop funding those that would put us in jail and put us in corporate fascism and fund those that we support their values. And so we can vote with our dollars. We can be more aware of what is actually going on in our local school board. And Sharon McKeeman is running. running. She's been on our show quite a bit. We've had her. We have Every recently... single district, wherever yeah. you live, wherever you live in San Diego County or outside San Diego County, the most important thing you can do, we're pretty sure if you're listening to this program, you probably already know who you're going to vote for, for Senate or governor or congressman. As important as any of that is who you vote for your local school board. And one rule of thumb is, if you see a candidate that seems to have a lot of money to spend on ads and their ads say, teachers support, vote for the other guy. Because what that means when it says teachers support, what that really means is teachers union support. And teachers unions are about one of the most toxic political forces in this country, toxic immoral forces in this country. So vote for the good guys. And get to know your local representatives. As uh, Alan Stevens said, if they don't know who you are, if, if, you, if you don't walk in the room and your local representative, your state assemblyman, your state senator, your county supervisor, if they don't know who you are, you're not being active enough. So that's what we recommend. And so to bless your neighbor this week, be more aware of what they call the Great Reset, which we want to oppose with the Great Reject. It's really just world socialism or totalitarianism. We are fighting against that with everything we have. Take actions to implement the Great Reject instead. Remember what Pericles said about politics is coming after you if you don't take an interest. Till next week. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the Biblical Citizen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.